Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 79 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. 79 and feeling fine. On today's episode, we are keeping it real with Miss Courtney Friel. Yes, she is an anchor for KTLA formerly from Fox. She is a mom. She is an author. She is a podcaster. And to top it all off, she is a sober girl. On today's episode, Courtney walks us through her recovery journey, what life was like being an anchor and being on TV, and why she decided to open up about her recovery as a public figure and why that means so much to her. We talk about everything in between from being a mom to long-term sobriety and some tips and tricks that she uses along the way. So let's get into it. Today, you're going to learn some tips and tricks on sobriety and how to get a handle on it. Well, spoiler alert, the best way to get a handle on your sobriety is to give yourself some space. And how do you do that? You give yourself 30 days. With the 30 day to gain challenge, you will give yourself enough space between you and your relationship with alcohol to gain a different perspective. And that's all you really need. Change that mindset and change your life. Head over to a sobergirlsguide.com and sign up today. Holy smokes, Courtney Friel. I am so excited to keep it real with you. <laughs> Keep it real with me, me. Yeah. Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me on. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, you, okay. First of all, I Googled you and I think we have the same birthday. Earth Day? April 22nd? Yes. Oh, yes. Wow, fun. Yeah. I've never met anyone with the same birthday as me. So I was like, oh my God, we have the same birthday and we have podcasts and we're like in recovery. And but are you, are you turning 40 in one month? That is the question. <laughs> no, I'm not, but I'm actually turning 35 and I totally had like a little baby midlife crisis about it yesterday. 
Like, oh, uh, well, to be honest. Just, just remember there's someone out there that's <laughs> five years older than you. <laughs> but that's okay. I feel great. I mean, I feel like I'm living my best self and being 10 years sober and yeah. having this book come out. I'm in a, I'm in a great place and I'm yeah. really happy. So, I mean, and age is just a number, like in all honesty, like I know like 50 year olds and 70 year olds who act like they're 30 year olds. So like, really? I don't know. Yeah. Minus any little health problems or skin yeah. tags popping up on our bodies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I just located my first one. Then I'll have to go get cut off. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm okay. Since I'm just going to talk about this. I have like this weird whisker on my chin all of a sudden. Oh, like yeah, one rogue little asshole of a hair that is just like, <laughs> what? Like could take out someone's eye. It's disgusting. Well, I think that problem's <laughs> only going to get worse. So mm. welcome to, to that journey. Keep some tweezers in your car so you yeah. can just pull them out when you see them in the sunlight. <laughs> oh my God. And that's all oh, now we're Now we're really keeping it for real. That is a topic right? I have not discussed. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, neither have I actually. Woo. Uh, this is 35. Woo. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about you are a news anchor. You were formerly with Fox, now KTLA. And you're a mom, you're an author, you're a podcaster, and you've been sober for 10 years. Decade, you, yes. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Feels good. Can you, can you, can you uh, kind of back us up to what life was like before your 10 years, before recovery? Like, how did you kind of get onto this journey? Mm -hmm. Well, I was really shy as a kid and I was also mm. really bullied. So at 15, when I discovered alcohol, it helped me wow. come out of my shell and it also helped me numb out the pain of not being liked. So mm -hmm. then I, I just loved to, to party and I was a work hard, play hard person because I always was obsessed with the news business. So I'd be in the mm. TV studio till 10 o'clock at night in high school and college. So I always really worked hard and, and I got success early on. I was the youngest person to be hired at Fox news channel at 26. So wow. nothing, nothing like looked on paper. Like I had an issue, but right. I always say I had a 15 year party career that involved alcohol, cocaine and pills. And mm. just towards the end, it was, it was taking me down and everything was like, out of control. And I ended up being interventioned by seven people surrounding my bed, but oh, I wow. kind of knew it was going to happen. Like I knew I was going to have to wrap things up because I had seen like videos of myself all messed up and just to the mm -hmm. point of like seeing them horrified me because I didn't even remember taking them. And so I, I didn't know like how messed up I was. And then also like, what was, was in the videos, like what was so jarring to you? Well, I had been at a house party in the Hamptons and mm -hmm. drinking and doing coke all day. And then we were coming back from uh, the Hamptons to New York on the train. And I was like, oh, well, I'm just, you know, going to take my pills now because I would take Xanax and Ambien mm -hmm. to like kind of come down. But then at the end, I was taking Ambien and going out like to clubs and stuff. So I was blacking oh, out wow. all the time. But I had my 
padded strapless bra on my head and I was sitting with my friend in the train seat and she was filming me asking me, I was pretending I was in a pageant and, and she was asking me how it felt that I won the pageant and I grabbed some random guy I was like, oh, my, he's my boyfriend. How do I feel? You know, how do you feel that I won? So like yeah. in the moment it was funny and I remember thinking like, oh, these probably, these people probably think I'm hilarious and, and yeah. recognize me. And then when I saw, I didn't even remember we had taken that video. My friend emailed it mm. to me like a week or two later and I watched it in my Fox News office and I was just horrified. I was oh. slurring and, and snorting and flopping all over and like I had blueberry yeah. pie in my hair and. Oh gosh. And then the people, the people were horrified. Like their faces kind of told the whole story of how like they, I was just, they were just appalled at my behavior. Yeah. And so I just had this feeling like, okay, this is probably going to wrap up soon. I don't want to get caught buying Coke from some shady dealer and then lose my job mm. and get arrested and stuff. So yeah. then ultimately I, my friends like couldn't wake me up. I had like passed out on the floor. I'd taken a bunch of pills and then my ex, now ex-husband, but the husband mm -hmm. at the time came up to the room when I woke up and he was like, you need to go to rehab or we're getting divorced. And I was like, F you. And he went back downstairs and then brought everybody up and they surrounded my bed. And it wasn't a joke. I mean, they were all like, mm -hmm. you need to go. And what they said to me made sense. And I think that in combination yeah. with kind of having those feelings like that, I was coming to an end, my, my partying career that yeah. I, I just knew in that moment, like, okay, I do deserve more for my life. I have more to offer this world. And mm -hmm. I know this will be the best decision I can make for myself. And I knew that in that moment. And so yeah. then I then had to have one last drink, which was like a horrible option. It was like, it was raspberry vodka with seven up. It was so gross. Oh, and then, that, <laughs> yeah, that's and like then, high school for me. <laughs> <laughs> And then packed up my bags, went to rehab for 28 days, and I knew it was going to be expensive. So I was like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to sit in the front of the class and take notes and go to yeah. the, you know, extra meetings in town. And it wasn't like some shishi yoga rehab. It was like from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day for 28 days doing like yeah. a ton of work and stuff. And when I came out, I did three months of outpatient and I did everything they told me to do. And slowly, like I was getting more time. And then mm -hmm. one of the blessings, well, two of the blessings of my sobriety are my kids. Because when I was eight mm -hmm. months sober, I got pregnant with my son. And then he kind of helped me, you know, being pregnant kind of helped me get through the first summer in New York City sober because yeah. I was like con concerned what everyone else was going to think about me not drinking. So I, yeah. had to, you know, ha Oh, well I had a legit excuse not to drink. And then when right. my, my son was only like a few months old and I was accidentally pregnant again. And so I feel like I really got through like a lot of my early sobriety by just being pregnant. So even if yeah. I had wanted to drink, like I wouldn't have. And then it's, it's challenging with two little kids and I have always had a full-time job during that. And so like just kind of being really busy helped me. Um, okay. And then at five years sober, I got divorced and that's when like, I feel like my life transitioned once again. And I really mm -hmm. did all of like the self-help work, learned to meditate, like just became like 
so much of a different individual with like exploring the world and things about living alone. And, and just, I did a lot of more, a lot more work on myself in the, in the second Mm. um, part of the decade sober. So, I mean, I go to meet, I go to meetings, but that's not, you know, my only reason for being sober. Like I meditate, I, you know, like I said, I read self-help books or I go to church. Like I dip from like, dip into like a bunch of different things that, that help me stay sober. And I just really love how I feel. And, and I'm able to be like that fun person that alcohol made me like without alcohol. So, um, and I do, you know, I'm always like, I, I, I love doing like weird things like, oh, let's go trapezing or do like dog yoga. Or this morning I went to a dance party called Daybreakers and everybody yeah. was like, it was like a morning workout rave type situation. And, uh, it was so fun. Like, I don't, yeah, at first it was a little weird to dance without being drunk, but, or having alcohol in me, but yeah. like, I, I don't care. Like, I'm just, I, I I'm just, I feel like a badass because I've stayed sober this long. It's like, no, like not only do I have two kids, but I have survived. I've lived life like on life's terms and I've been through like a bunch of horrible shit and I've stayed sober. So yeah, it's like nothing is going to like, there's nothing worth drinking over anyways. And I also know from what was drilled in my head over and Mm -hmm. over again, that rehab was that nothing is going to get better by drinking or drugging. Yes. That I can absolutely attest to, for sure. Um, I wanted to talk about, you know, you being through trials and tribulations of life. And I feel like they're little tests, you know, along our our sobriety journey. What do you think was the biggest test for you this far? I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flour, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com 
slash ASGG. Well, when my ex-husband was getting remarried, I wasn't like mm. upset about him. The fact that he was getting remarried, I, I, it was more about me because at the time I was like feeling alone mm-hmm. and I was just having a pity party. And it was it was funny because that night that he was getting married, I was at work and mm-hmm. my housekeeper had she was cleaning that day and I had gone to work and she texted me and she's like, oh, I hope you don't mind. But I accidentally like left two bottles of wine in your fridge because mm. like uh, my friend had given it to me like. Is that okay? And okay. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, t- interesting test from the universe yeah. that, like, I'm coming home to that on a night that I'm, like, really sad and all that. But, yeah, like, I was like, please, I'm not. It's not like I'm going to drink. I-, I know I'm not going to drink. Like, nothing would make me want to, but I'm, like, certainly not going to yeah. relapse over my ex-husband. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got bigger um, fish to fry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there's mm-hmm. been challenging things. I mean, uh, covering the Las Vegas mass shooting, like it broke on my wow. show. I was out in Vegas. I was like immersed in that story from like, you know, 12 hours a day for two weeks. And wow. uh, emotionally, that's one of the har- hardest things that I've had to deal with. Like, I just couldn't, you know, I wanted to escape from it and I couldn't. Yeah. My divorce, I mean, my pain, the pain that I went through in my divorce was like, I mean, it was like two years of just crying all the time. And I think a lot of my feelings were coming in at those. I've heard that like, Mm-hmm. The feelings really car- come out in like years five and six. Um, so that was that timed yeah. out with my divorce. But I, yeah. I just through it all, like I've just learned to cope through it. And mm-hmm. There's, there have never been like any times where I've really been like, I really want to drink. Like I need to call someone now to stop me from drinking. Like, right. I'm, I just, whatever, like I'll go home, I'll get a shower and I'll eat like a big bowl of pasta and I'll go to sleep. Like I'll carbo load if I have yeah. to. <laughs> and then I'll have it. And then I'll have a food hangover in the morning, but it's better yeah. than an alcohol or drug hangover. Yeah, totally. Um, I wanted to also back it up when you said you were pregnant and you, you know, you just had eight months sober mm-hmm. and you're in New York, it was summertime and you're like, what are people going to think if I'm not drinking? How have you overcome that in your years? You've had 10 years. You still, right. is that thought ever? No, and that's, that's what I, I wanted to write about that in the book too, mm-hmm. because I was so concerned about in the beginning about what other people were going to think about me not drinking. Maybe just because those, a lot of the same people knew me as a drinker, okay. but I wanted to find a drink that looked like a drink, you know, okay. Like cranberry ginger ale with a lime, like that looks like a cocktail or I'll have like club soda with a lime. So it looks like I'm drinking. Like now Mm -hmm. I could care, I could care less what anyone thinks of me at all. And like, nobody is worried about what you're drinking unless you have a problem yourself. I mean, before Mm. I couldn't understand why people wouldn't drink. And I'd be like, well, are you on antibiotics? Are you pregnant? Do you have to go to work? Like, why are you not drinking? I, I, mm-hmm. I, I remember like, I made, I made probably several people feel like so bad. <laughs> so I was like, I just, I didn't understand. And like, I didn't want to yeah. hang out with people who weren't drinking. Like they, I didn't think they were fun or whatever, but of course uh, I totally have fun and can still be fun. And, and it's very freeing because like, I can just go to a party and show up for the person and be there for an hour or two. And then, when I want to go home, I go home and 
do other things like it's a very yeah. freeing feeling you're not committing all night to it like how are we gonna get home like where are my drugs like am i oh. you know then my my day shot the next day like and what totally. drama am i gonna get into like i was always causing drama wherever <laughs> i was drunk <laughs> oh yeah i mean even just like the stress of figuring out like what i was going to drink that night was like a big mm -hmm. thing like should i do vodka no i should I do beer like oh my god i don't know what to like it was just so unnecessary like all these silly little decisions and right like, and that's why you hear people talk about how like oh in like the 12 step rooms and stuff mm -hmm. like be like well you have time to work on your recovery because think about how much time you spent like waiting for the drug dealer to arrive yeah <laughs> or all those that's and that's right. why in early sobriety that's why it's tough because you do have all those new hours with yourself and you're present for them and you're like this is groundhog's day like what yes. do i do and i had my book signing last night and we did a q a and this guy was like i have 217 days sober and like i'm just like i'm just bored like i don't what do should i do with my time and yeah it's like well just start noticing everything like look go out in nature and go learn mm -hmm. like go take a cooking class or go plan a trip or learn a go to spanish class or go to an art museum go play see movies like just that's where i feel like i got cultured because i right. i just wanted to travel if i was traveling before like all i wanted to do is get drunk and party at wherever the clubs were and then like mm -hmm. i didn't see i didn't even see anything in the the city or anything right. or like i was wasted while doing it so it's it's very enjoyable to be present for stuff and remember it and I don't know. I, I just yeah. feel like I didn't really start living until I got sober. Like now I'm, I'm really living like on a different level of consciousness. I was living oh. so unconsciously before. Yes. Well said. Absolutely. I, t I totally know what you feel. Like I feel like I've done in the three years of coming up to three years. I've done more in these three years than I have in my entire life just because I've been more present and just in tune with right and you're not myself. wasting time on partying like my partying yes. is a lot of my life now granted i was a very like like i said work hard play hard so right work was a big part for me and i never went to work and was like drunk before going on air although i was still drunk from the night before and hung over and stuff so it's just like everything got better like my performance yeah. got way better when i was sober and you gained you a filter did you feel like you needed to kind of take that edge off like after work? Like, did you feel like you kind of deserved drinking or do you know what I mean? Like yeah, that kind of well, feeling? Definitely. I think, like I think so much. I mean, I think, I think my business is very social and I, yeah. I was, I was always able to find the people who would party with me. So it was just kind yeah. of what we did. I mean, then there were days where you'd cover really tough subjects and then you'd want to mm -hmm. want to drink, but I think my story, like, I mean, everybody's different. Like I wasn't, I wasn't like isolating in my closet drinking mm -hmm. like three bottles of wine a day as, as some people do. I was a very social, um, partier, mm -hmm. but I've just really liked being, I've liked how I felt off of everything. And I'm just surprised by how good sobriety is and so that was another reason for writing the book because i'm like hey i never meant to have this journey but like yeah it, you know it was, it, 
my so what my bottom's high like i didn't lose you know i didn't like get a dui and i didn't like lose my job and all those things but i could just jump back on the train if i wanted to and you know my i think your bottom has a trap door they say yes (laughs) your bottom's out of basement uh, yeah i mean you can get off at any time and Mm -hmm. i mean i i know people like who have dipped into the rooms and they're still drinking, but they're kind of auditing the classes or the auditing the meetings. And then yeah. they're like, well, like, uh, I guess my bottom's just not, I, I don't know. I don't know if I've hit my bottom. And then some, you know, mm. they like go crash their car with their kid in it because they were drinking with their, their, um, mom oh. friends on the wine, you know, drinking wine and on the soccer God. field. And then it's like, oh, okay. Well, are you happy with your bottom now that you crashed? You totaled your car with your kid and you rammed into something and. That, then they went to rehab and now they're, that person's coming up on six months sober. So, so I'm happy yeah. about that. It's but like, like she's, but like, in that, that I mean, right. And in that case, like she's really lucky. Like she slammed into a wood chipper and not a, another car. Like she didn't injure anyone and she didn't also get into any legal trouble because what she ran into, like she didn't do any damage to it. Her car was a mess and her son saw that. And yeah. And her husband was like, ah, oh, you're going, you know, throwing you in rehab and. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you relapse, we're, we're done like that type of thing. So it can always get worse. So yeah. I think for people out there who might be listening, who are like struggling on that, like, just remember, like, if that's where it's headed, it's headed that way. Nothing good's yeah. going to come out of it. And even if like, you don't get in legal trouble, like you're gonna, you could drink yourself into like dementia or what's it like the where you get your brain gets all mushy and stuff yeah, <laughs> or like, or like liver, where you start like yeah, hallucinating or something like it's, right. it's, nothing really great comes from it and i don't judge i don't preach i don't care what anyone else does and i'm just mm-hmm. using my experience to help whoever but i know a lot of people think oh but i'm never gonna have fun again if i stop drinking and then you got to think like, well, how much fun are you really having when you wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and you hate yourself yeah. for what happened the night before? Is that really that fun? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. And you know what's going to happen. Like, you know, when you're drinking, like you can just see the writing on the wall. It's like, okay, there's no such thing as one drink. Like that's, come on, that's bullshit. Um, right. You know, to what's alcoholics, I mean, to normies, to normies, they can have one drink. And I'm amazed right. too, like. When I'm out all the time, like no one, I rarely see people who drank like me. Like I was always shit faced and like, I, you know, would be at a dinner and have like four vodka sodas with lemon, like right away. And then I, I mean, my problem was like, I immediately wanted cocaine. I I wanted Coke. If I knew I was drinking, I would line, I would be like, I got to make sure I have my cocaine for the moment I start drinking. I'm going to need it. Yeah. When you kind of need it, like to keep drinking. like a vicious cycle. <laughs> right. And then you need your Xanax to come off the blow and, right. And then you need your Adderall to wake up again. And it's just, yeah, it's, I was, I had just had so many chemicals in me all the time. And, mm-hmm. and then really as a, I mean, Ambien, throwing Ambien into the mix really just, that was just really bad. <laughs> Whoa. I've Cause that was just, I was like a walking, stories. I mean, I was a walking blackout. Yeah. Like I've heard the story, like my friend, took Ambien, not even like, okay, maybe she had like a bottle of wine before. And she woke up and she was cutting her hair. No. <laughs> yes. She was in the mirror and she decided to give herself bangs. But like, 
a little too short and they ended up like popping up on her forehead. It was horrible. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I would just order I would just order all these random things like necklaces and shoes or clothes. But apparently I was like I would spend hours bargain shopping, but then I'd have no oh. recollection of it. And so things would just yep. like pop Things would just arrive at my door, and I'd be like, "What is this?" And I, I, you're just in a blackout. So, yeah. like, surprise. The correct way to do Ambien, which is also a depressant, by the way, uh, mm. it. Um... When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria LG Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. You're supposed to just take it and like get in bed and go to bed, but I would fight it because I love the high. rebel rebel um i wanted to touch on um you know you live in la i used to live in la and i wanted to talk about a lot of celebrities are coming out and you know revealing that they're sober or revealing their issues with alcohol why do you think so many people are coming forward now i think that it's becoming more mainstream it's becoming Mm -hmm. hipper and maybe people want to help people by doing so there's still a lot that aren't out just by who i see you know i see at at, uh meetings they haven't said anything and and because i'm doing a podcast where i try to interview celebrities who are sober like i still get turned down a lot and there's people that like maybe have mentioned it like in one article but then they don't want to like go into detail about it so And again, like it's everybody's personal story. They can do whatever they want. It's just mm-hmm. for me, it's, and I said in the book too, I was like, mm-hmm. look, like I don't recommend coming out about it right away. Like I say, wait until you have like enough time to be credible on the matter and also make mm-hmm. sure that like you're pretty certain like you want to live this way. Cause once you come out about it, like there's kind of like no going back publicly and it, but it also keeps yeah. you accountable. Yeah. I like to think of it as like a relationship, you know, like I think if I'm going to tell my mom or my like parents about a relationship, like I better feel pretty good and pretty like committed to it. If that makes any sense. 
Yeah, no, I like that yeah. analogy. Well, I didn't post it on my social media to like my fans. I mean, everyone in my life mm-hmm. pretty much knew, but yeah. by six, by when I turned six years, that's when I like came out about it on my social media and I, I had nothing but really positive reaction and, and yeah. people would DM me for more information and tips and they wanted to know my story and wanted advice. And so that's where I saw like the need for the book. Like I I kind of just wanted to have like one place where I could tell everyone like, Oh, sure. Read my book. Like it's all in there. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's so great that how nice is that, that people are able to reach out to you and feel comfortable to ask your advice or ask you know, what your story is. It's because you're being vulnerable with them. So they, you know, are, are reacting to that. I think that's really nice. Yeah. And also the fact that it's, uh, there's all these online podcasts and stuff, like Mm -hmm. the majority of people won't step a foot into an AA meeting or they won't go to rehab. And so that's a way where people can get hope from their computers, as opposed to the olden days when, there was no internet so i'm just doing my part to help like the podcast i shoot on my days off i don't get paid so it's all my you know free time and it's hustling trying to get people and set it up and all that too so uh Mm -hmm. for now you know i'm doing it um and thankfully ktla my my where i work like they let me promote it on the channel and also they they filter it out through their podcast. So it gets a little bit more attention. And both of us, both of our podcasts, we just got named in that like top 25 sober podcasts. So that was an honor. I know. How cool is that? I didn't even know until you sent me the article. I'm like, Oh my God. That's so nice. The only reason I knew is because the, the main guy, like the founder of of the the feed spot thing that we're on emailed me. It was like, I'd like to personally congratulate you. You know, you made the top 25 podcasts on sobriety and thank you for changing, helping change this world. I was like, Oh, that's amazing. That's so sweet. Yeah, it is. I mean, it feels good. So tell me about your podcast. When did you start it? Let's see. I started, we started airing them in September of last year. So probably had like, around between 20 and 25 episodes air so far. And I've had some like bigger celebrities on it. Mm -hmm. And then like, I'm trying to, it's it's funny because like, well, my boss is like, you can't just have white men. Like, and they're the only people (laughs) who pitch me white men. Like he's like, you have to like be more diverse because white men doesn't represent like our audience at all. And, And, but it's so funny. Like, even he yeah. said, he's like, there is no shortage of white men who want to talk on any subject. It's it's so true. Yes. So I'm, I try to get women and, you know, more diversity. Um, mm-hmm. And, but yeah, but then that might be that they're not as, as famous. I mean, the famous thing like is starting to annoy me because mm-hmm. just trying, I, there's a couple celebrities, like I've been, with their publicists going back and forth for since the very beginning. And they just like, they just are like, Oh no, they're busy. Oh no, they're busy. Oh no, they're busy. Oh no, they're busy. And then I'm to the point and I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of chasing these people down. Like I'm just going to do real people, like regular people who want to talk about it and still try to get some diversity. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, I hear you. It is such a struggle to find women in the recovery space. I that was same thing. Dudes all day long. I'm like, it's called <laughs> a sober girl's guide. Like, hello. Right. <laughs> what does, what does how do you fit into my demographic? I mean, it's lovely to hear their stories, but like, ladies, if you're listening, we want to hear from you. <laughs> we want your stories. We need you. Um, yeah, because it's it's just nicer to relate to someone who is a like another woman. And, you know, I think women do have different maybe struggles and hurdles to go through in their recovery journey. Like, wouldn't you agree? Like being a mom and trying right. to keep a work-life balance, like that shit's hard. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I, and I think too, that like just being on the hamster wheel does help though, because it's like, mm -hmm. I, even if I wanted to, like there would be no time for me to even party. Like I can't fit that into my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I, yeah, I totally understand. I used to like schedule. Well, cause back in the day I was DJing. So I used to schedule like when I could party and mm -hmm. when I could, like, I'd like, allocate when I could be hung over like what who does right. that well it's so fun when you get like sober then you yeah you don't have to worry about like you can take an early morning meeting you're like yeah I'll totally yeah. be up Absolutely. I, used to always, I had that buffer too it's like you have to leave that buffer like well am I gonna be hung over let's mm -hmm. let's do it later then yeah totally <laughs> yeah how <laughs> long will it take me to get some Gatorade uh <laughs> So, Courtney, where can we find you on the World Wide Web? On Instagram, can you give us your Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter? It's all mm -hmm. at Courtney Friel. Okay, Easy. and where can we find the book? The book is hmm. pretty much exclusively on Amazon. Soon okay. to be Audible. Whenever they post it, they've had my <laughs> they've had my Audible or my files, my voice files for like three months now, and. Oh. It's really getting annoying that it has a posted. They're like, we're backed up from the holidays. Oh, okay. But yes, so that, that will be out soon. And then Great. the podcast is on iTunes and it's keeping it real conversations on recovery. Yes. I love that. Um, if we could leave with one tip or one piece of advice to anyone listening who's either going through their journey right now, starting, what piece of advice would you give to anyone listening? Well, I thought you were going to ask for a quote because I was like, oh, my favorite quote on sobriety is... Or a quote. That'd be cute. I, I wish I never got sober. I wish I never got sober. Said nobody ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. I mean, look, because even the people who, like, I know people who are back now, they're like, oh, I had, you know, eight years or I had whatever. And then mm -hmm. they go back out and they're it's like, they always want to come back because they know things are better when you're sober. It's yeah. bizarre. It's so true. Gosh. But I mean, you even don't... if you're, even if you're in a bad place, like mentally, mm -hmm. mentally, you yeah. know, you're doing better in sobriety. Absolutely. If you're working it, I mean, you got to work. I'm constantly working on stuff like to better myself and evolve and all of those things, whether that's through the 12 steps, like work mm -hmm. those two. But, um, yeah, you got to be accountable and stay on your side of the street and stuff and just give it a try. Just, just build some time and see how your life changes. Yeah. What, what would you say is your favorite way to kind of like 
uh, keep up your personal development game? Just meditating. I do 20 wow. minutes every day. And sometimes wow. I fall asleep, like, cause I got up really, uh, that's the first thing I'm doing right now afterwards. I'm like, I'm just going to meditate and it'll put me into a little meta nap oh, <laughs> before, nice. I get, before I have to get my kids from school. Yeah. Do you but, use any apps or do you just like do it on no, your own? I went for two, the first two years. So five years ago for, for two years, I went to this meditation studio and I would take mm-hmm. the classes there. And that kind of was my training wheels for okay. getting in the hang of it. And then it's just such a necessity for me now. I have to do it, but I, I do it like yeah. in the green room closet at work. I do it in the news van. Like I can, I can do it like while my photographer's driving us back from a story, like I'll be like, okay, I'm going to put my earbuds on and um, I set the timer for 22 minutes and yeah, just like we'd be in traffic. So I'm like, I'm going to meditate now. Like I just, I always have to make sure I get it done. I mean, sometimes I'll do it multiple times and if I, I, I might miss a day here or there, but yeah like my body starts craving it. It's like, I need it. It's just the mind gym. So that's, yeah, that's, that's my number one tool for staying sober and okay. just keeping everything like calm and orderly in my life. Nice. I love that. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for talking with us and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Jess. It was a good combo. Yeah. How great is Courtney? And like she said, just give yourself some time, a little space to gain a little perspective. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. I couldn't do this without you. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. We love hearing from you. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girl's Guide and the blog. Don't forget to check out the blog. A SoberGirlsGuide.com has you lock, stocked, and loaded for tips, tricks, and how-tos on sobriety. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.